0: I just got three things to say. God bless our troops. God bless America. And gentlemen, start your engines! We talking shit, baby Every episode, I promise you, it's lit, baby Every week, get some shit you can't miss, baby Dylan Bob, still a vibe Podcast game solidified, no cap All fact like a Snapple Stream us on that Spotify or Apple tap in Rollercoaster ride, strap in We gon' take you for a ride, just take this shit and stride All topics, sport the current event Tell me who more current than this with the mother shows, this the best one your sister and your brother knows. We talking shop we talk and we talk his shit, baby. We talking shop we talking shop we talk a sh- baby. We talk and we talk and we talk ish, baby. We
1: talk a we talk and shot, we talk is sh- baby. Yes, sir. Talking shop presented to you by Anchor. This is episode one hundred and fifteen. I'm your host, Bobby Hall, and with me, as always, my co-hosts, Dylan Lisevich and Joe the Greek. How we doing, guys?
2: What is going on, Bobby? Joe? Another great week. How you doing? I'm alive still. Woke up to yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: everything flickering, all the
0: microwave and coffee maker, everything. Apparently lost power yesterday in the middle is of the night. had no idea why. crazy
2: week with weather, man. I saw you post a photo of uh, what, a couple of trees get knocked down. What was that? <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was uh, five of them. They all toppled over on each other at the end of the, end of the block. They live in a dead end. Uh, one of them just narrowly missed a house. A bigger tree caught it somehow. Just, like, super lucky. And we lost power for a day and a half, almost two days. oh yeah, yeah, it's generator- been shit weather,
1: dude, all week. Uh, like, nonstop rains. I think it's rained every day since, like, psh, Tuesday, I think. At least at some point. Some days was like all day, others maybe like, you know, here and there, but yeah, it's been rough, man. I was just telling you guys in pre-production, my grass needs mowed in the absolute worst way, but it <laughs> rained again all night. And so, um, I'm going to have to hit it tomorrow and it's going to probably take me six hours to mow through, um, the shit that's probably almost to my ankles, I bet at this point. Horrible.
0: Is it worth the 40 bucks to have somebody come do it for you?
1: It's, you know, I'm, I'm considering, we'll see, we'll see. Um, cause that's going to be a real bitch. I have to, I'll have to uh, maybe put a SOS out there and see what what comes at me and get some little snotty nose fifteen year old kid and have him. We'll
2: give you a, we'll shout you out on the show. Just use your on, uh, TSP yeah. code. Use your TSP code with from the grass up.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, um, you know, it's kind of like my form of exercise these days. push them on that motherfucker, so it's probably I probably should just do it myself.
2: There's something and, uh, gratif- gratifying about it, though. Then I'll,
1: then I'll. Uh, Tell myself later on that day when I'm housing a, a large for Marcos or something that hey I'm I'm on the lawn today so this this balances it out <laughs>
2: you know how, you know how that is you like cutting the grass
1: Mike and Ike's do I like cutting the grass Do you enjoy it do I enjoy it um I think I I think after when I'm done during because especially in my yard it's just very oddly shaped in some places so um it can be a little bit annoying but after it's done and you look at it that's that's the best part i love doing that part kind of walking the grounds after and just seeing
2: <laughs> how good look the yard looks but. that's what i was going to say like what's what's even what's better the process of cutting the grass or the sipping the beer looking at the work after you're done
1: oh it's after absolutely unless i mean but i push you know the guys i guess ride and yeah, yeah that's kind of maybe even especially the people that i got kids and stuff that's kind of maybe their alone times pop on. A podcast or music you know hop on the rider and you know do what you do for for half hour hour whatever I it. it takes uh, yeah. that, that they probably enjoy the shit out of that but i
0: think i'm trying to do it the, the backwards way to that i'm trying to have more kids so they can mow the lawn i don't need to get, yeah, got, them, a but, hey, way get out there and do it
1: that. yeah got, got a while and is seven so maybe i don't know maybe next three year? years from now but
2: not next year man bring out the Eight, bubble, bubble mower yeah Oh, I have home insurance, mark, so
1: uh, grass cutting injuries probably covered in there somewhere. <laughs> or you can get it on, add it on, extra thirty cents a month. Yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, very excited to podcast again with you fellas. Um, one fifteen, man, we're we're rolling, uh, we're all now, baby. I mean, the 120s here soon, and uh, it's it's. I don't know how much longer we're even gonna have a uh, season four. Maybe through August, we'll have to we'll have to discuss that. Um, we have some great guests. We have a great guest today, and, and uh, two more coming through uh, for the rest of July. So that's that's pretty awesome. And then after we'll have to see uh, who uh, who we can get in August. Like we were talking last night, Dylan, hopefully you can talk to your boy Josh, get him lined up because his story um, is something that I, I definitely want to, to have shared with people that don't know him personally because it's definitely yeah. it's pretty cool.
2: Man, the man that has completely 180. Not only is this like health. Fitness and his habits that way, but I mean, just completely on the up the past few years. Yeah, you know, who, who would have thought, man? Just needed me to move to Florida for him to turn it around, man. Right. so it's all your there fault. Is. You, yeah, when he comes on, the Dylan you take, effect. You can take yeah. the credit, man. Absolutely, the, the Dylan effect. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, see, it's, you're, and, you're welcome, he's Josh. One you're welcome guy that it affects in a, in a good way. Everyone else, <sighs> hey, uh, Patrick Mahomes, not so much Patrick Mahomes, too. Yeah, made him That's half true. a billionaire. And the Brown the Browns somehow somehow beat the curse last year. So yeah. which we'll uh, we'll definitely fit in some Browns talk today. We gotta do that with uh, with today's guest. But we'll bring him on now. a um, buddy of mine that uh, I've known now I was thinking about last night. It's been fifteen years since me and him, which is pretty mind boggling and uh, man, kinda kind of uh, concerning it at at a, at a point too, just cause life is just flying by, man. To crazy speeds. But um he, uh, we went to high school together, now now he's doing big things, um, he's, he's part of a pit crew in the uh, NASCAR truck series, so we're definitely going to uh, get into that and a whole bunch of other stuff, but uh, we got none other than Josh Hankish on, Jay Hank, my guy, I'm very excited to catch up with you, it's been a very long time since we've even got to uh, talk, let alone, obviously, have you on uh, the podcast in any, any kind of way, but uh, welcome to the fucking shop, man, thank you very much for giving us some of your time on a Saturday um how you doing man
3: good man thanks for having me on
1: yeah 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 but uh yeah like i said in the little intro i do 15 15 years isn't that nuts
3: yeah man i was thinking about that 15 years you said 115 episodes you're in and uh for somebody that spent a lot of time in your uh, myspace top eight i'm just wondering Uh, how it took 115
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah man yeah i know that's that is true uh we are going way back there to myspace top eights uh you you it's facts but you're a busy dude man you're all over the place um yes sir so I'm out when i when i reached out and we were able to to scoop you up for this I, I was excited so i i always hate to uh kind of interfere with um people's schedules but um i we like i said we appreciate you uh giving us the opportunity to have you on man i'm i'm really excited but uh like i said you uh you're part of a pit crew here um in in the NASCAR truck series the nascar camping world truck series at that and uh, that's pretty exciting man um i'm gonna be you know fully uh um factual here and truthful obviously that's not something i I watch week to week but i mean on different sports uh you know channels and outlets obviously you'll see highlights and and stuff so it's pretty fun and knowing you know there's somebody that i have connections to out there obviously you're always going to want to see that team um reach the top man and it seems like when I see on Instagram and, and uh, you know socials through the years, you guys' team's pretty top notch, man. It seems like you guys uh, bring them home, man. Bring home the, yeah. the trophies.
3: Yeah, we uh, we had a pretty good. We've had a pretty good run over the last couple of years, and uh, I'm just trying to keep it up and hopefully win a championship.
1: And then uh, what? Because I I can't remember what team. I know it's ninety eight, right? Is that the truck you guys?
3: Uh, actually, that's the team that I'd been on for the last seven years. The ninety eight, okay. and then this off season we did some. Restructuring in the building, ah. and now I'm on the 88 team for Matt Crafton.
4: So gotcha. it's
3: a kind of a different, a different group of guys. Um, new driver, new trucks. Just uh, kind of get our feet run, You know, hit the ground running. It's it's been kind of a struggle at times this year, but we haven't peaked yet, and we're getting ready to hit the playoffs. So hopefully, the best is yet to come.
2: Yeah. What is uh? I guess the difference between is there any difference between um? I guess, the ideology of racing? I mean, everyone's going around the same track, per se, but now that you've experienced multiple teams, is there a difference between techniques, uh, the way you go about each race?
3: Yeah, each it is a little different now. So the team that I work for, it's Thor Sport Racing. It's in Sandusky, Ohio. Now, it's it's there's four teams in one building. So we have four of us that work together as teams, but yet we compete against each other on a weekly basis, you know, amongst the other 36 teams we race. So... Um, you know it's not like switching over to this new team and within the building was anything new. I've known those guys for you know the last nine years that I've worked there. So it really you know it's just uh, it's just a matter of rolling my toolbox across the shop and a different group of trucks and uh, I've, you know, I'm friends with all those guys. We all work together, albeit we're on four different teams. You know, we travel together every week, we work in the same building, all go to lunch together. so it's not like it
2: was some huge change, you know. So is it like I guess you say it's four different teams, but it's under the same building or same yeah. like name?
3: Yeah. So if you like, if on uh, you know, in the NASCAR Cup Series, so to speak, like Joe Gibbs Racing, he has four different teams, you know, that operate out of one building. You know, they all try to work together. You know, maybe somebody tries, you know, some a little more of r and D project. Just you know, everybody kind of it. It's more of a strength in numbers type of thing. You know, get try some different
2: philosophies and got gotcha. you. Yeah. So if any of one of those four teams wins, it's basically a win for everyone.
3: Absolutely, yeah. Okay. You know that's the biggest thing is you know bringing trophies back to Sandusky, Ohio, because we're kind of out of the loop. Ninety nine percent of NASCAR teams are located down in North Carolina. We're one of the rare, rare teams, and that's it's all just it's all about bringing trophies back to Sandusky, no matter who it is in the building, and we all make a bonus off of it. So, it's <laughs> do you like to see uh, your teammates succeed
1: sure well, that's what's up man um i guess we can kind of back back up a little bit because i'm interested to see uh kind of how you weaved your way through uh um you know where you're at now and uh, maybe we'll get into some some future uh some goals mm-hmm. but I, I remember um when we or when you graduated high school you, you went to uh to college kind of uh, do exactly that um from college how did you kind of make the jump into kind of pit growing and, and uh how did you eventually get to where you're at today
3: yeah so actually this whole adventure started when i was about seven years old my uh parents got me into what's called a quarter midget it's like a go-kart and uh so i raced from about seven to 13 and that was something i really enjoyed but being a smaller car like that i uh i grew much quicker than most kids and obviously the heavier a vehicle is the slower it goes so it got to not be that fun me at about 13. And I started working on my little brothers and, um, I really enjoyed seeing him do good and learning what made them go faster. So I did that. So I was about 16 and then somebody that I raced with raced out at Toledo speedway. as he grew up and I spent some time working at Toledo or racing, uh, at Toledo speedway, flat rock speedway up in Michigan, like going to the shop after school and stuff. And then, yeah, I went to college for, uh, the university of Northwestern Ohio down in Lima it has like a high performance motorsports degree. Um, I don't know that I would do that again. Uh, I feel like there was some cool, there was definitely a cool side to it. There was a motorsports team there where they would take um, two race cars each week and go to a local racetrack. And this would be almost like a sports team. You would be on scholarship. Each person on the team had their own individual role. That I really, really enjoyed, but the school stuff I really struggled with. I can't tell you anything I took from a class or anything that I was like, man, this really helped me out. But then, uh, so I finished school and then I moved to Akron where I worked on a, a late model team in Akron for a, the family named the Ferris family. They were, uh, we raced all around Ohio, Pennsylvania, and then that team started to shut down and I knew there was a NASCAR truck series team in Standusky and they had reached out to me the year before, and I just waited, maybe another year, till I seen that we were going to shut down, and I hit the ground running there.
1: I feel that man. We had a nice. uh, we had a couple decent times down there uh, at Northwestern. Uh, yeah, you know, college. Yeah. Uh, you one know?
3: definitely uh, sticks out. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, back in the day, it was a different time, but you know, yeah, those memories definitely uh, <laughs> stick in my mind for sure. Shout out to Nick Snyder too, man. You guys were very, very brief. Uh, Roommates or something like that, weren't you?
3: Yeah, he was down there. He he didn't stick it out very long, and uh, I think he probably made the right choice. He seems to be doing pretty good for himself.
1: Yeah, we had him on the show. I don't know, probably three four months ago. Shout out to Nick, and he actually he did some stuff at my new house here. So I think okay. uh, you're right, man. He definitely made the ultimate right right decision. But that's what's up, man. Because um, yeah, through the years, obviously, yeah, I mean, it's just how life works, dude. Um, you kind of grow apart a little bit. So I've I've always kind of wondered how you were able to uh, kind of jump in and uh, kind of get your feet wet and eventually make it to where you are now, man. It's pretty pretty exciting. Um, uh, how do you like that schedule, especially now that you're, you are a dad and stuff? I man? How, how do you like yeah. that grueling schedule?
3: Yeah, so that's one thing I always thought growing up, like I wanted to work in the Cup Series and race on Sundays and stuff like that. And then uh, as I've spent eight, nine years in the Truck Series, I've kind of grown to just love the fact that we race on either Thursday or Friday night, you know, before the cup series comes into town. And so I'm home Saturday, you know, I'm home for the weekend where those guys, they race 36 times a year. Most of the time on Saturdays or Sundays, they have no weekends. They get back on Sunday night, Monday. And uh, you know, I, we only race 23 times a year. So that's, you know, 13 plus less weekends. And I get to still spend most of my weekends at home. So, you know, it is tough to have to leave, you know, especially a four-year-old who's starting to understand, like, that you're leaving. But, you know, it's only two days. It's usually you're traveling on a Thursday or, a fr- you know, Friday and home by Saturday, Sunday. So I really haven't quite – it's not too bad yet. You know, maybe as she gets older and if I start to miss some things, that'll, that'll be tough. But I really do appreciate the uh, – just – being home for my weekends, you know, and being close to my family, having a team in Sandusky, Ohio, I can still go to, you know, dinner at my family, you know, my parents on Sundays or something like that. So it really is kind of a neat deal.
1: Yeah. Cause you guys are, um, what, still out um, in Portland?
3: Actually, outside of Oak Harbor.
1: Oh, that's right. 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 Yeah. yeah I forgot. Yeah. You that's know right. where the okay, country okay, keg but... is, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: Yep. Just a couple of roads over from there.
1: Gotcha. That's what's up. Um, nice well that kind of leads me to my next question because yeah we we wanted to find out um you know where you see yourself you know five ten years from now um i don't know if you'd ever especially now you said with the schedule of the way it is um doing what you do now would you ever even consider making the jump to the i guess what you call the big leagues
3: um i really don't know you know that would require a move that'd be pretty that'd be tough you know my my kid Macy has such a good relationship with my in-laws and my parents that I don't know that I could ever really do that to her. And, um, I mean, obviously it'd take a huge financial, you know, that was, yeah, that's, that's what Money talks. that talks. Obviously that could do it, but yeah, I really enjoy where I'm at. You know, I've been truck chief at Thor sport for seven plus years now on a team. So, um, one step below, maybe where I want to be as a crew chief. Um, in the time, but I really enjoy what I do. And yeah, I, it'd it take a lot for me to want to so make truck that jump. Chief, yeah. What, uh, what are the yeah.
0: responsibilities? Like, what do you, what do you do on?
3: Okay. So it, um, a NASCAR team, it's kind of structured maybe like a professional sports team. So like a crew chief, that's like the head coach, you know, they make the final decisions. Like now the truck chief is the next step down. So that's what wow. I do. You know, we'll, we'll communicate. Are you the quarterback?
4: Like, that no. That, that, I guess wow. you can
3: call that the driver. I'd be more like a, a coordinator of sorts, you know, okay. because I, my crew chief and I, you know, we'll sit down, we'll make a game plan for each week. Like maybe this is what shocks, what springs we want to run, what truck we want to take. And then I have um, five, six guys that work underneath, that work with me that, you know, I kind of delegate. Each, each team has like maybe a, a, um, a motorman that takes care of motors a guy that takes care of interiors a suspension guy you know there's four or five different guys you know underneath that so that's basically just kind of do a lot of facilitating and as a truck chief you have to kind of be able to fill in the gaps you know if somebody's super busy that day step up and help take you know some responsibility off them but main, you know truck chief also uh setting up the truck each week we have surface plates at the shop that are perfectly leveled steel plates where you set your heights, you know, your cambers, your casters, square your truck, rear end. And um, that's what I do. And then we have a, uh, a device at the shop. It's called a pull-down rig where we the truck gets hooked to it. And each track has different loads, you know, depending on the banking, the speed. And we kind of that's kind of a simulation for us to see, like, when we get to the racetrack, like, are we going to be hitting the ground? Are we going to be too high? So that's another thing that I work on. So everything pretty much <laughs> yeah as a truck chief you kind of have to man it's you know That's you gotta awesome, be man. able to fill in the gaps and stuff like that yeah yeah bob you said pit crew pit crews actually in like the nascar truck series they're outsourced so like joe gibbs racing for example they supply pit crews their cup series pit crews they'll um outsource them to like the xfinity teams and the truck teams on the weekends so like we don't have an actual pit crew that works in the building day to day with us they just kind of show up on race day and um we see them for their two hours they do their three pit stops and that's it like our our pit crew actually is Bubba Wallace or a pit crew was Bubba Wallace's pit crew so like those guys will do our truck on Friday night they will do an Xfinity car on Saturday and then do Bubba's car on Sunday
2: uh, yeah I was going to actually ask what would be like responsibilities on race day when it comes when the truck comes into the pit stop yeah. Um, what, I guess then uh, that even raises my curiosity of what is your responsibilities actually during the race?
3: So during the race, I sit on top of the pit box. It's a, just a big old wagon, basically with TVs, computers. And I sit there, uh, my engineer crew chief and I, we sit there and the engineer and I will run fuel mileage, kind of get an idea of how long we can stretch it on fuel. So we need to pit. I also have a computer in front of me that we have five six photographers around the around the racetrack that are sending just live photos still photos and you can kind of just diagnose from those pictures you know what your vehicle's doing as far as too low too high moving around you know stuff like that so just kind of during the race if the driver's complaining about something you can kind of sometimes look at those pictures and make sense of what he's saying
2: it's kind of like has there been a scenario
1: sorry dylan um has there been a okay. scenario where? You had that decision. You're like, all right, this dude, you know, in, in a good position, kind of moving up. He could probably use fuel, but let's let him roll for a few more, and then that ends up biting in the ass. Yes, yes, I
3: yes, <laughs> I've been a part of that. Uh, 2015. He remembers we, the exact time. We again. lost. A, we lost a race in Las Vegas. We knew we were pushing it, and uh, we, I wouldn't say miscalculated, but you're, we were kind of in Vegas, and we rolled the dice, and we came up a, a lap short and lost the race because of that so yeah that i mean it happens all the time it's kind of a delicate balance because yeah you want to win that race but sometimes it might be more uh advantageous to pit and get your fuel and finish you know seventh or eighth and get your points looking at the long term as opposed to running out of fuel and finishing 20th or something and really screwing yourself long term in points
1: does the does the driver pull in after that race and kind of like Give you that look like, what
3: the fuck, man? Uh, or is he just kind of like, he knows, you know, like a team? Most of, most of them are pretty good about, you know, we're in this together. You know, because if, they, if they're going for it and if they crash or something, you know, we don't get in their face like, what were you thinking, man? You know, like yeah. we're all in it together. You you let, want somebody to go for it. You want your driver to go for it. So I think sometimes they want, you know, their crew guys to go for it too as well. What brand of trucks are you guys using? Uh, we actually are uh, a Toyota. Our manufacturer is Toyota right now. Since I've been at ThorSport, we we started off in Toyota as Toyotas in about 2013, and about 2018, 17 we switched to Ford for a couple of years, and then um, now we switch back this
2: year to Toyota. Now, is that like is there any reason why you go with any particular brand, or is it just Actually, negotiations? Yeah,
3: I mean, obvi- a lot of it's financially driven. Um, you know, the manufacturers help out their teams a lot. You know, whether it be with parts, wind tunnel time uh, Toyota has an excellent simulator. We live in a world right now where with, you know, obviously the pandemic that just happened, they cut back a lot of our track time last year. So we don't show up in practice as much as we used to. We, we don't even really show up in practice anymore. So Toyota has this awesome simulator that like our drivers can be down in North Carolina. They show up, they get in the simulator. They have the seats for each driver. They have cameras in the simulator where we can see them, their hands, their feet, watch live lap times for each track and we can sit there in our computer up in ohio and be like okay we want to try this right rear spring this shock we want to move you know this control arm here and he can do that on the simulator it's a it's a dynamic simulator it moves so it's it's really it's it's close to real life as you can get you know for being a video game so to speak but they have a lot of time and money put into it and it we have to kind of live and die by that right now in this world and Toyota has probably the best simulator around. So that definitely has a lot to do with that.
2: Yeah. Technology is just crazy. But I have a question as well from a personal standpoint as like every athlete professional has like their rituals that they go through before either in your case, race day, others game day, wherever you would like to call it. Do you have like a specific ritual that your crew or yourself go through before each race Um, or what? I guess I can tail off that as well. What is like your favorite aspect of pre-race day?
3: I don't really have too many rituals. I really don't like, so I've had some friends that have some weird things like on race day, they'll wear those tie dye shirts with the cats on them. You know, I got one friend, he's not, he's not even a smoker and he'll go smoke a cigarette right before each race. Like, you know, everybody does have their little things, but I really don't. I try, I usually don't get too nervous um, just pre-race, I like to, you know, especially a night race where the lights are on, you know, I like to just kind of step back and take it all in, you know, there's been a few races where you just sit there out there before the race with all the lights and national anthems playing or fans walking around. You just think, man, this is really cool. You know, I'm just happy to be a part of this. And I just like to try to take it all in before the race, because I've had a few, few race wins where I really never took the time to enjoy it. And I look back and I don't I don't even remember the night, you know, it was such a cool moment, but with all the adrenaline stuff, I never really took the time to sit back and enjoy it. So I try to appreciate each one of those moments now.
1: Sure. What about, um, because I mean, back in the day, I mean, different, uh, different time, different, uh, different sport and stuff. So, but before like football games stuff, you, you know, we'd have like hype music and stuff. Is there anything you're throwing in the AirPods or the no. or the, uh, the speaker? No,
3: no, I, no, not really. We uh, everybody on my team has such vast difference in music taste so we can never really agree on what you know what type of music or something to listen to so we usually just some some people like to goof around you know and tell jokes some people like to just take their time and be a little more serious and and actually before the race we have a lot of setting up to do with like pit box and getting ready to load after the race stuff like that so you don't really have too much time to you know pop in music
2: or something like that sure Have you ever wanted to be the person who says gentlemen start their engines? No, man. I think, I I don't know. You always see
3: those and they always, it sounds so simple, but you always see people like either butcher it or make an ass of themselves. So, or they're too too timid, you know.
2: Is that like the NASCAR's version of baseball's first pitch? Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Like let's, let's get ready to rumble.
2: Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yep.
3: Yep, it's always somebody different every week and sometimes it's sometimes it's great. Sometimes they let the the whole the fans do it, you know. But sometimes it, it's yeah, I don't know that I'd ever
2: wanna that. want to do that. That's when I see a fan completely plastered screaming, "Yo
0: <laughs> <With laughs>
2: The fucking bush light in their hand falls oh. down
0: on the done. No, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's
2: tired. Falls on the Let's leafers.
0: go. Cool. Um
1: but well, we obviously don't have to get any kind of specifics or anything. But I was just curious as far as like, um, are are you like like a part of these guys? is is some sort of like con- contractual agreement. Like, are you signed for no. X money years, or is it just kind of a year by year season by season thing?
3: Yeah, you know, like I'm just a salary employee, and it's you know, there's no the drivers are really the only ones with contracts. You know, yeah. they're the they're the show. They're the they make the money, so. And a lot of the driver stuff has to do with sponsorship. You know, if a driver has a sponsor for two years, then he's probably guaranteed two years with that team. You know, so the drivers are really the ones with the contracts.
1: Gotcha. So if another team came with you with, with a sweet dealer or, or whatever, would it be like, you know, like us three at our jobs? Do it have to be like a two-week notice type dealer? Could you just immediately jump?
3: Uh, the, jump uh the, the right way to do things is a two-week notice. But, right. you know, there I've had – uh employees and friends that have just jumped and left but that's never a bridge you want to burn you know the racing community so it's so twined together you're going to cross paths with people on a weekly basis you know you leave that team you're going to see those guys at the gate getting ready to go into the racetrack next weekend and just those are bridges yeah, I do think burn. you ever really ever want to burn you know
1: gotcha um I got some other questions, too, that I, I want to get into some, uh, some interesting, some, some of the more interesting thing. Well, I should say more interesting. Kind of sounds asshole-ish, but, <laughs> like, along your way, I'm, I'm assuming you've probably ran into, you know, maybe brushed shoulders with uh, some celebrities or some real high-profile, you know, drivers. Uh, you know, you got some names to throw out there, man?
3: Yeah, I mean, the truck series, it's basically, we talked about this earlier, is like the A of NASCAR. So it's kind of a unique deal. Like Kyle Bush, he owns a team in the NASCAR truck series that he races a handful of races each, each week or each year with us. So, you know, you see him on a weekly basis. Guys like Kevin Harvick, Brad Keselowski used to have a truck series team that he owned. So it's really not uncommon to just cross paths with those guys. Plus with the Cup Series racing there a day later. So those guys are always walking around and, we always cross paths with them.
1: That's pretty cool. That'd be, yeah, that'd definitely be cool to kind of be setting up for your own race and just, yeah, see, yeah. Uh, you know, Actually, some, of the, some of the top dogs. A,
3: a couple weeks ago, we were in Nashville and we just got done with practice. And uh, it was one of the few races this year we had to practice. And I'm working on a truck and talking to a driver, Matt Crafton. He's talking to Johnny Sauter, one of our teammates. And I hear this guy walk up and he's like, What do y'all think? And I look and it was Dale Earnhardt Jr. And that was one where I'm like, oh, holy shit.
4: shit. <laughs> yeah. Nice.
3: Like that's really cool, you know. As growing up, everybody knew who Dale Earnhardt Jr. was, sure. Budweiser car. I mean, he's a celebrity. It's just like, just to be having a conversation with those two, and that that guy walks up, I had to moonwalk out of there pretty quick because I was definitely the one who didn't belong in that conversation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's pretty cool, man. That that would be even yeah, even for me. If I ran
3: into him, I
1: kind of be awestruck for sure. He's a legend.
3: Yes, absolutely.
1: What about because uh, obviously. Um, stuff you'll see on socials or anything and there's some like crashes some crazy I, I can't remember who it was i think it was like two or three years ago i wish i could remember his name but it was such a crazy crash that i thought for sure he was he was dead. But he ended yeah kind of just getting uh, ryan newman scratch. in daytona i'm yes, sure yes yes thank you, you. yeah it was uh yeah that was he came absolutely. out of it basically with like scrap you know bruises and scratches from what i remember and that was like a wild crazy ass yeah um uh, he did probably you know a million fucking yeah, flips how many and,
3: flips is that Yeah, not only the flips, the flips really aren't what's bad because they're just kind of dissipating energy as you're rolling, like each one's less and less. But he got hit right in the driver's window by an oncoming car that never slowed down. So you're talking 190 miles an hour. He took a shot right to the window. You know, that just shows how safe and how much time and effort they put into the safety of these things. I mean, it's very impressive that somebody like that, you know, there hasn't been a death in, I mean, you know, you know so long and that's just they're constantly sending out rule updates to us you know whether it's just something as simple as a piece of padding you know inside or making something else fireproof inside they're constantly evolving in, in the safety aspect the which is great people. to see
1: yeah yeah man um is there some, i'm assuming you've probably maybe not seen someone on that kind of grand scale but have you seen some pretty gnarly uh you know crashes or pileups in your day
3: oh yeah yeah it's yeah It's always there's always sometimes in the truck series, it seems to be like it's a weekly occurrence because they have so many young kids that have kind of joined in that don't really have much respect. So there's always pretty bad wrecks. And it's always unfortunate when you're a part of it because that sets your team back so far. Each team like in our shop has eight trucks and some of them are specific trucks for specific tracks. So that cuts your fleet down to about five. So if you wreck one, it sets your team back so far. You know, that might be a truck you were counting on racing in the next two weeks or something like that. Yeah. And it just puts a, puts a, such a heavy load on people at the shop and your team throughout the week to get those things. And, uh, that
1: kind of leads me to my next question because you, you see stuff like that. And then after the race, you'll see two crews going at it like, like a gang war. Has somebody <laughs> ever gotten in your face or vice versa?
3: I've actually been a part of a couple of those, man. Uh, <laughs> first one was a really bad look on tv it was in 2014 it was with one of our teammates you know we uh our driver at the time he unintentionally spun out one of our teammates going for the win and neither of us won and he they were driving all over each other after the race beating and banging which is like the worst thing it's like man we just finished this race this truck's clean and you guys are you assholes are wrecking it and you know beating it up after the race and uh both teams got face to face, belly to belly, pushing and shoving, and it's two teams in the same building, so that was very embarrassing. And then, yeah, there's been a couple other, couple other dust ups. It's always kind of, those are few and far in between, but when they happen, they're always exciting, and you'll never forget them.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> That's
0: just
3: what just getting all out brawl, and all right, I'll see you guys Monday. Yeah, and it's usually <laughs> just a lot of, just a lot of, you know
1: testosterone
3: hold me, me back type of stuff nobody ever really is gonna seems like they're gonna do anything it's just a lot of
0: point, and finger
3: pointing yeah it's just just we were we had one a couple of years ago in chicago and it was just nobody was going to do anything everybody just wanted to say their piece and look tough there in the moment <laughs> That's always what? Funny, can you man.
1: can you narrow I'm, I'm sure it's probably hard but can you narrow down maybe what would be your favorite moment of so far in your career
3: um it's tough. I've won five of these things and it's been eight years, And but we won four of them last year. But my favorite probably would have been our Martinsville win in the fall. It was the, is the playoffs. The playoffs are kind of structured as like an elimination style deal. And we were, our backs were against the wall. We weren't going to advance on points because the final four is set for the last race and whoever finishes the highest in that final four wins. Well, we were on the outside looking in, but if you win, you advance on, you jump everybody in those points. And we had had a run of bad luck the previous two weeks with broken motors and just not running good. And we needed to win that race. And uh, Grant really stepped up and he just wanted it more than everybody that night. And it was a walk-off win to move on to the next round. You know, if he wouldn't have won that race, if we would have finished second, we wouldn't have had enough points to advance to that final four to race for a championship. And he dug deep that night and we had a really good truck. And uh, it was just cool to see because it was in that moment he had to win that race and every Martinsville is a super it's a very small racetrack people don't really race with respect they can move you out of the way at any moment and people <laughs> tried and he just wasn't letting it happen and that night was super cool that was probably the one that stands out the most to me
2: racing at night uh, do you feel like the trucks go faster or anything like that or do the drivers feel that way because I know in track running in track going under the lights I've always felt a little bit faster myself
3: yeah, I, I think naturally just the air, like, how much cooler it usually is. Like, in a racetrack, that just promotes more grip in the racetrack, you know. Even if you're just running, like you speak of, like, the air is better at night, you know. It's better for your lungs. It's better so if it's better for you. It's better for a motor, you know, yeah. push the air through. Okay, so that, is, yeah,
0: Is that the 396? Yes. Or, okay. Yeah,
3: the truck series, it's like a, we actually don't run. The Cup Series, they run manufacturer-specific motors. The Truck Series is one common motor for everybody just to try to keep costs down. And it's a spec motor. You can't really do much to it. There's a third-party company that they take care of them. If you need them, they get mileaged out. They rebuild them, send them back to you. So it kind of has leveled the playing field a little bit. Word on. I don't know, huh. I don't know
0: why I knew that. <laughs> was- yeah, me either. i was kind of <laughs> I just remember out. random things. I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I like... <laughs> I like a lot of facts about cars, and that one stuck out to me, I guess.
1: Well, if this podcast takes off and we do a TSP racing, we need to start a crew, man. Can we contact you and maybe negotiate? <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Okay. Done. let's keep that um, you know, on the back of our heads. I'd love to get a talking get a shop racing, truck. Man. A little black, black and green uh, car. I don't know what number oh. we'd have, but... <laughs> We will have to think about it, man. So we got, we we got don't leave it up to Dylan. Dillon.
0: Dylan's gonna pick sixty-nine. Four twenty. No, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. Four twenty. Four twenty. Sixty-nine. I'll be a big ass number.
1: <laughs> um, Triple digit I don't know trucks. If you guys are any more questions? Cool. I, don't, I don't know if you want to
2: like, hit the hit the mill. Yeah, we can hit the mill. Get into some variety, man. Tweet. Yeah, we we yeah. can do that. All right, let's do it then, baby. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the Round the Mill on episode 115. We got a loaded Round the Mill here. Bobby's going to have a couple of topics. We're going to have a fucko of the week. We're going to have UFC 264 recap. We're going to talk about a little bit of Conor McGregor. And in the NBA, Damian Lillard. Request a trade from Portland Trailblazers. Which team is he going Ooh, to go you, to?
1: You, don't forget the most important one now. Come on.
2: Which one's that, Bobby? Let the people know.
1: The hometown boy.
2: The hometown
1: home and home, boy, coming home, home.
2: Yep, Jake Paul. That's right. We might have to go. Yeah, the tickets go. tickets go on sale. I believe the twenty second. Gonna have to check yeah. them out. The entertainment, like you said, alone is gonna be hype enough for me to go to the land. I haven't been there in a while. That place is home. Two one six, baby. Here I come. Yes, sir. But
1: sorry, man. I I, uh, I, I mean to make sure we th- tossed it in there. We'll, we'll get into that a little later. But proceed, man. Thank you.
2: no problem no problem let's just let's take it off the rip here let's get into that UFC 264 recap Um, good fight card a lot of hype for unfortunate uh, one round TKO uh, for the main card event Poirier and McGregor uh, where he snapped his ankle uh, on TV there and (laughs) Rogan was down on the (laughs) mat with him and interviewing him and he was still running his mouth and I'm sure you have plenty to say about that I I I in a sense I like McGregor and it's unfortunate because I want to see him back on top or at least chase that and get close to the top again because you know it's kind of like in the NFL when the Browns are good the NFL is good Uh, when when your stars in UFC your like superstars are good and they're on top and relevant I mean it's just good for the entire business in general so I, I would like to see him get back there but you know losing your last four or losing four of your last five. Uh, it's just not not been a good stretch for McGregor, and it, the question is this: Is is Conor McGregor finished? Is he done?
1: I I think, man. Like I, we were talking last week before the event even happened, I said obviously you can tell he's been half assing it, man. This dude sold um, his shares of that that uh, whiskey for four hundred million bucks, so he's good money wise. I think he's just got X amount of fights on a contract that he owes to to Dana or. Um, uh the whiskey uh f- oh, what the fuck what the fuck's the the name of the whiskey um Proper 12 thank you yeah proper 12 those people were like hey in the, in the deal you know obviously we need to see you out in these fights cuz when the people see you they're, that's when they're going to buy you know the whiskey and liquor so he might he might have a deal where yeah he's got to do yeah. two three four fights and you just do it, but yeah, he's kind of just... Because even, like, where he comes in best is the, the entertainment and show aspect of it. And even, like, My the press conferences, weigh-ins, it was just kind of whatever. And then, obviously, when he took the the L, which who knows how the fight would have went. I mean, he was getting his ass beat round one, but it just takes a split second, obviously. Things could have switched around round two. He could have made some kind of adjustments. Who knows? But, um, yeah, he's sitting there with, with fucking Joe Rogan with his fucking black... Dress shirt looked like the buttons were about to pop right fuck off, but it was just such a funny scene. And then, yeah, instead of just saying, hey, you know, I'm going to get the surgery and come back stronger or whatever, he makes these wild comments about his wife and all that. Oh, yeah, your wife's That's what made DM. him the fuck all the week, dude. It's just like, dude, not only did your brittle-ass ankle break, you took, you know, another L. You've had one win in five years against a guy that, you know, has has fought 50 times and has probably 20 losses. Like, so that that win really doesn't even – Eh. hold much weight anymore you just and, said he's, uh, he just
0: earned 400 million dollars but
1: i'm talking Who's about as really far as fight legacy you know it, it, the I whole mean, grand scheme of things i think yeah, mcgregor but,
0: sells more tickets
1: but I, well, i'm, I'm just talking about strictly world. like fighting though he sucks in, in like the last five years but yeah but i'm gonna I, I yeah. but as far as pay-per-views goes yeah anytime he's on the card i'm gonna watch i'm gonna buy you know um and he's a guy that if he does come back in a year or two I would say he's a fight away from possibly challenging for the championship. He beat whoever, and then since he's who he is, jump you know two or three spots to challenge for that. But it's just I don't know. I, I think he's the new Ronda Rousey. Like she kind of blasted off into superstardom. Um, you know, took a took a rough ass L, and then because never able to kind of get back to that same. Was area. it Holly
0: Holmes that beat her?
1: A couple people did. Yeah. So, I mean,
0: like her big. It was just her one of those like started with Holly Holmes, I think. Yeah, yeah. It, it was like yeah. an
2: earth shattering kick to the face that just like kind of rocked her world <laughs> and
1: uh Yeah, she just it's it's never she was never see. able to get it out of her like mentals, man. And just yeah. and I think um him getting choked the fuck out by Khabib, and you know, I got same thing happened with Diaz and all that stuff. I mean he came back and got that that win back, but um
0: I think Khabib probably changed his ass. I just Probably. said hey,
1: all, all that shit that they had talked and stuff and he just he, he gave it everything he had. But plus I don't know why he just didn't stick to one forty five. That's where it, that was like his bread and butter and where he made his name. And uh he just started jumping around and shit and obviously he couldn't hack it in these different classes, so I don't know. Um Shout out to Dustin Poirier though, dude. He he took it, uh, he took the dub and it was just a class act. And um uh, I'm gonna be rooting for him for sure going forward, but yeah, I don't know, man. We'll I, I personally think that um, the Conor McGregor, as we know, is definitely that's that's finished, it's over. That's, that's my opinion. Though. I mean, you guys, sad. you guys are feeling where.
0: I just can't wait for uh, McGregor versus Jake Paul. It'll <laughs> happen. It'll happen.
1: Sure. Yeah. Right.
0: So
3: yeah. Right. I feel like that's Connor's only real option left. Like
0: weird or fights, do Flo-
3: or do a Floyd? You know, too. Yeah. Like, you look at that weight class like who does he even beat he can't beat dustin we've seen that twice you know does he beat justin gaethje probably not charles Oliveira, no you know no. i just feel like that michael chandler like i feel like that weight class like you brought it up ever since he's been at 55 he has one win
1: there's some dogs in that class he's man.
3: getting he just two. case you know as age weight cutting is probably harder i just feel like he has to do these goofy fights His bones here. don't work yeah <laughs> yeah yeah
0: i mean <sighs> and it
1: goes back to what joe, joe said you know four million bucks i mean obviously you're not gonna go you're gonna have that same hunger you know what i'm saying like he was when he first joined the ufc when he was probably broke or you know pretty damn close it's just it that money changes it man whether you want to admit it or not and you see um, and in the field at UFC, that's not something that you, you don't want to lose that kind of hunger, man. You want to always be able to bring that out. and He lost it.
2: You definitely see those guys and girls out there that are just fighting with that hunger, not even particularly on the main card, but maybe the prelims. And they're like always talking in their interviews that they're like, you know, they're jawing at the bit for just having that performance check at the end of the night. So they're just trying to, you know get their bread and you know you have four hundred million dollars you're not really particularly trying to get a performance check or a bonus you don't need that cash and that kind of goes along with Jake Paul fight that's where you see fighters from the UFC not getting paid um, where they think they should be getting paid so they go to these Jake Paul uh, scripted fights and get their paycheck real quick <laughs> scripted <fights>. <laughs> <laughs> no it's not all scripted but yeah. definitely there's definitely there's it. definitely uh I don't know I, I feel like there's something that's not genuine about it but Woodley Paul Cleveland Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. I don't know if any of if any of like the I don't know what the entertainment aspect is going to be. Um, HBO. I think that's going to be doing the pay per view, not trilogies or what is it? Triller. Triller. Showtime. Showtime. And I believe yeah, that it's being them, right?
1: uh, the main sponsors. Barstool Sportsbook.
2: Oh so yeah. I know that's Big Cat right.
1: and Dave Portnoy are going to be on broadcast. We can um, get an interview with them. Which once we I do I do want to hop back over. Two sixty four. After we do talk about this, because that that whole card up until the the, the co mains were was pretty fucking crass, especially the first fight on the main card. What's I, not- that's your boy. I'm kind of then- surprised you didn't even bring that up. Um, but oh, no, I mean, I- Paul, I don't know. I assume that uh, there'll be some some musical, you know, performances, and I think there is an undercard of just a kind of a bunch of journeymen or you know whoever the hell. But um, you know, I'm sure it'll be some kind of spectacle, especially the fact that um. Jake Paul, baby's coming home. I know I know his brother's gonna be in the house. And uh yeah, they'll, they'll they'll turn into a huge thing and once uh once Jake knocks Woodley out in front of the world and goes for him I'm sure I'm sure Connor will uh get another call out, you know. He gave that he gave that Connor McGregor chain to Dustin Poirier, which I thought was hilarious. Um and then sure enough Dustin being the good guy that he is, I think he's gonna auction it off and then donate all the money or something but it's 100, 100k, 100k chain man with him fucking sitting there knocked out holding Nyquil. That's just so funny to me.
2: He's like, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure, right pretty sure he said, "Do you want me to snap the ankle off for you, or do you want to do it?" Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. That's terrible. Yeah, but like we were saying, man, if tickets aren't crazy, which I don't know, it could be because I'm sure they got to figure out a way to, uh, you know, pay for this fight because those guys are probably uh, making some big. Big money. Um I wanna be there, man. It'd be great. Definitely get I some content. I would be the shocked. But
2: I'd be shocked if it's over a hundred bucks. I'd be shocked.
1: We'll see. We'll see. I don't I'm not it's, it's at the um Rocket Yes. Mortgage Fieldhouse, you said? Where yes. Cats play. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so
2: it'd be fun. That'd be fun Yeah, absolutely. I haven't been there since it's been re- uh renovated. To the Rocket Mortgage Field House. So they have all these uh I think they have like whole like bar at the end of the they took out a bunch of bleachers, I believe, and they like made like a whole like standing bar where you can like watch a basketball game from like the bar and I uh, I forgot what they call it. It's like the Budweiser. What was
0: it called before?
2: Uh the Q, the Quicken Loans Arena. Okay. I'm like, trying to think I'm
0: like, I'm having to draw a drawing a black on that.
2: Which I'm pretty sure they own each other. That they just switched it to the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, which They renovated it, and I'm pretty sure the NBA All Star game is going to be, or that weekend is going to be, in Cleveland next year. So that'd be a cool event to go to as well.
1: Okay, Uh, that would be that would be interesting. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what uh, once tickets drop, we'll take a look and um, we'll make a decision, man. I know, I know, Charlie, he had uh, hit me up about maybe trying to make something happen. So we'll check it out. That'd be there, man. fun. Fun as hell. Yeah. Fuck yeah, it would. I haven't been to Cleveland in a minute either, obviously. I think uh, maybe a couple years ago when I went to a Browns game.
2: Yeah, it's probably around the, like, the same time here. But I think just being in Cleveland, man. We'll it feels we'll like to,
1: home. Um, discuss too with those tickets. You want to talk about expensive-ass tickets. Yeah. about these nuts this this probably Those probably shot up, Browns huh? Browns tickets. Had the yeah, team to see.
2: T- haven't been good yeah. in decades. But Yeah, yeah man. To wrap up the 264, I did want to bring that up. I did want to bring it up. My boy, Sugar Show, um, just laying the fucking hammer on the, I think it was his debut. I forgot his I forgot his name, but he had neon green hair. Everyone knows Chris him. Chris
1: Matti- Matijo or Matino or something like that? Matino, yeah, yeah. Yeah, UFC debut. A dude had like 11 days notice because the other guy got hurt or something. Right, so right. He came in there and took 250 shots to the face and just kept coming back. <laughs> and it was it in was a incredible well, That's what season. it felt like. And he got, yeah. you know, he got that seventy five k performance bonus. I was really happy for that kick because he uh, he had a lot of heart, man. I mean, he got, and it seemed like every single one of those two hundred plus shots were to Connected the head. <laughs> Just kept going, yeah. dude. And, yeah,
2: um, uh, Sugar Show laid. I'm pretty sure they said this that it was a record shattering uh, pay per view performance for like strike percentage. Yeah, it was like eighty percent. Yeah. yeah. It is an incredible performance on both fronts. Just, I mean, having eleven day notice and fighting someone you've never fought, and not having anything. And I'm pretty sure he said that he was training for an orthodox fighter, and uh, he ended up fighting a southpaw fighter. uh, Which, I mean, I'm not, I'm I'm not a fighter, so I don't have no idea what difference that makes as far as training and capabilities. But put on a performance, that's for sure, and well deserved 75k. Which, in fact, the first purchase he made uh, was an ice cream sandwich after the fight
1: respect man that's humble that's humble humble beginnings right there no, the the, was... uh, even the even the prelims man um, were really fun to watch too um, I can't, who the fuck was it that we watched a dude do a fucking backflip on a guy remember that then, yeah I think it was uh, Michael I think it was Michael Pereira yes he might yes. have been the one that did like the backflip um, Yeah, face. the face prelims, prelims all the way up to the, the two comb like the the Gilbert Burns, um, Wonder Boy fight that was a snooze fest, which was disappointing because those are two, you know, two of the best in the in the, in the welterweight division. Um, then obviously the actual main was was trash too. But I mean, you had the the women's bantamweight fight, Just evil um, that was a first round knockout. And then of course, everyone in, in very much enjoyed watching Greg Hardy get KO'd. That's that's something. Oh, yeah. that I'll enjoy watching every time. And then. Uh, Ty, two of us are doing after the after the fight it was incredible incredible scene um especially with the Nelk boys i love those guys uh it was really entertaining watching that whole thing unfold but uh 264 like you know pretty much top to well I'm sorry bottom to almost top was was really good uh and it was it was a fun <laughs> night over here having all you guys at the house to watch um it was a decent uh fight night card for a night um that uh, I'll probably be checking out. Between that and the uh the finals, but we are definitely in the dog days of summer as far as like major sports goes. So but we're getting close. Probably what, uh another month before the Hall of Fame game. Probably not even that.
2: I'm excited, man. Uh yeah. going on to Damian Lillard, he did request a trade from the Portland Trail Blazers, Uh and the top five teams go in order as follows Knicks, Sixers, Heat and Warriors and Lakers. So those are the five teams he had interest in. He vocalized that as teams that he would be interested in going to. Right now, with the Knicks and Sixers being the top two teams of uh, destination, which I, I think I'd much prefer them to be on the Sixers. I think because the Sixers are like the Cleveland Browns of the NBA. They kind of have like the same blueprint and dog shit, um, tank, tank, <laughs> tank. And then like they're finally the first rounders are starting to make uh, make moves and. You know they're, they're on the up. They just they can't get over that hump, which seems to be like the middle, of the playoffs can't get past that second round type deal. Well, their
1: hump is Ben Simmons. That's the hump they got to get over.
2: <laughs> well, they're going to be getting Damian Lillard and trading him to Portland, I, I would imagine. I hope the
1: Browns. I hope the Browns will have a Ben Simmons because that would be awful.
2: I don't know who our Ben Simmons.
1: We don't have. I don't think we have one. So I think, well, thank God. Yeah. Not yet, at least.
2: Fuck it, I can't wait for. I don't know. I I, I, I think
1: I mean Sixers would be interesting. Knicks too, because Knicks. Are, I mean, they're a P, they're like a Dame Lillard away from really making some some big noise. Oh yeah. In the playoffs, there. I mean, they um, they, that was a team I kind of latched on to in the playoffs because they're they're um almost like the Browns in a sense too. Like they've just been they were they had their heyday and then they've been shit for so long and then they finally made the playoffs for the first time in shit. I think they said eight years, nine years. So that was kind of fun to watch, but they ran into. Trey Young, man, and, uh, you know, he did his thing on him. So I think getting somebody like Dame Willard obviously would be a, a huge get for them, but we'll see. I'm sure there's, a, as always, a hefty, hefty-ass price tag to pick him up. LeBron, I mean, you know LeBron, what LeBron does, too. He might try to lure him out to L.A. World.
2: <laughs> With his own checkbook, Gross. Come on out. Maybe.
1: Got that space jam. Sure money, he has man.
2: plenty of perks, too, yeah. You guys yeah. watch Space Jam yet? I have not. Not yet.
1: Not yet. I want to. Um, I think I might. I think I might try to go check it out in the theaters. We'll see. I've gotten uh, mixed opinions, but I feel like that's just kind of anything anymore. So everything's got to be mixed. No one can ever always completely like something. And we were talking last night. I mean, Space Jam one. It's one of those things where we all grew up on that, but. Popping that thing on today, it's just terrible. Michael Jordan's a shitty fucking <laughs> actor. You know? He's so bright, he's like a um, robot, dude. It's terrible, but it's go get my shoes so we you can. You grew up on, and we especially. You, I mean, you love the guy so much that, but I think I think it'll be a good. I think it'll be all right, especially in this day and age. They'll make some cool CGI and 4K shit that'll look pretty dope. I bet so. I'll check it out. Sure it won't be like a blockbuster by any means, but.
2: I think check it out. Ain't, cool. mu- there ain't much else out you there. Got, I mean, you gotta no, yeah, yeah, at, at least, least check it movies. out. Yeah, and, whatever, I
1: don't know, it's just everything's so bland right now. Movies, games, music.
2: I check out any it's of that, Vince cool. Staples.
1: I haven't checked that out yet. I heard that's actually pretty fire. Yeah, it's pretty damn good. I'm listening to a lot of um, the Tyler Creator's latest album. It's been pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um. a little bit of this and that man really um i do have it in my my uh itunes i gotta check that out i'm waiting for uh for billy billy i don't know album, man that's i think that's dropping very soon you don't fuck with billy eilish
0: fuck no why not we don't relate she's like 17 you don't really thirty-five-year-old man. Like
1: Crippin, Crippin ain't dead or whatever the fuck. You don't relate to that shit. Crook ain't dead.
0: Hell yeah. yeah you don't really you I get crunk. fired up.
1: You ain't little Joe.
0: You're talking about getting ready for shit. I used to down a bunch of yellow jacket pills and turn up with some uh some little John man. Right, Crook ain't so dead over, 20 here, years ago. Crunk ain't <laughs> <dad> over here, baby. Crook ain't dead over here.
1: I got, I mean, I just, I I got a, I got play a, play. a bit, large mix, man. I'm all over the place these days.
2: Same, same. I, I do listen to a lot of um, shit. I, I listen, do like some,
1: I do like some Billie Eilish. But Spe-
2: um. NASCAR. Speaking of NASCAR, though, country has really has tugged at my heartstrings here. Not my heartstrings, <laughs> but you know. Yeah, NASCAR. What? <laughs> 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 well, that's like NASCAR's like theme, isn't it? Like country. That has to be right. Yeah.
3: Probably. That's is that a stereotype?
2: That. <laughs> is that a stereotype?
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But they do use a lot of promos, you know, with Luke Combs or Brad Paisley right, or something right. like that in their promos. So they kind of play up to that too. So. Yeah,
2: they definitely do it to themselves because as the yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't even consider myself like the average fan of watching NASCAR because it's like one of those things like baseball. I don't watch baseball whatsoever. It's impossible to watch on TV. It's one of those sports that you like being there, feeling, feeling the environment that you're in, um, makes it tenfold better. Definitely side note what do, you
1: listen, what do you listen to now these days man I know you're man uh always been a big mix guy
3: yeah big i feel like i've just went back in time like the more like the older <laughs> i've gotten i listen to you know the stuff we listened to in high school that hip-hop i still listen to some of that but man i'm listening to mainly like 90s alternative 90s country 90s hip-hop that's just where i'm at right now man. Yeah. i don't there was really wasn't a better time i feel like in country music even hip hop just listening back to in the alternative scene like i've i've really just as i've gotten older went back in time i feel like
1: holy man there's a, there's not a lot of good shit that comes out especially in the rap genre i mean there's there'll be like a song here or there that i'll, I'll pick up on but dude uh, right yeah i feel, oh, I feel man um late 90s just, early 2000s was, was kind of like yes. the yep. the heyday, heyday for sure i was going to yeah. say the
2: best decade the best decade of music 1995 to 2005
3: I agree with that. I
1: don't. Maybe. You, you, I mean, all right. I that, mean, it, can, it, can you consider it, that a decade? Because that's two decades, two different decades?
2: <laughs> that's 10 half years. A decades just 10 years, no matter how what the span is between, right?
0: I mean, two score? What is it, four score? I don't remember. I was going I mean, somewhere.
2: It's always easy, I guess, just to group it within its own genre of 90s and early 2000s and 10s and 20s, but. I would say yeah, that would probably be the best, ninety five to 05, that decade span of time. Based on what?
0: What do you like based on what? Like what what's pumping uh, you about the ninety five to 05? What's in
2: there? What's in the there? The worst Batman movie ever. You're right. Well I'm not talking about movies. I'm talking the about Best everything. Batman Best Batman movie, I believe, was made in two thousand sixteen. Maybe it was 2008 actually. Wow, if it's that far ago. I don't think it's actually that far, but was it when was Dark, Dark Knight? Dark Knight rises. Yeah, shout, shout out, out to Dark Juleen, Knight.
0: The lead in that. Dark
1: Knight. Dark Knight rises is probably what I think probably 13 maybe 14.
2: Rises is the is the last one. You said
1: 16, it? the only one I think think it was that shit ass Batman versus Superman. If that's your favorite. No, 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 no,
2: no, no, no. no.
1: You got to you got to <laughs> no, leave no, no. the recording.
0: Who's These the in the movies? Are you Chris excited that The Digger nights is on Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> is ah, that the movie I can take
2: it earlier? <laughs> is that the movie they do the slingshot yeah, in what yeah is that that's an actual a, NASCAR move yeah well,
1: the thing is I think pretty much right after that movie is when Will Ferrell's career took a real big shit he hasn't made a good movie in probably probably since then whenever that is 06
2: mm-hmm. wait a second I think Step Brothers was after that wasn't it I
1: don't know I, I feel like all those movies came out in like the same three <laughs> year span same maybe. same month
2: <laughs> Stepfather is that, probably run, one of my favorite of comedies, comedies
1: of all time. I, I haven't seen a good Will Flair movie in a very, very long time.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: The other guys? some
0: funny stuff on uh, uh, Eastbound and Down, the TV show. The Kenny yeah. Powers TV, dude. He plays such a goofy dude, and he does such a good job. He plays a dude named Ashley Schaefer. I
1: oh, that, like, you long, know, speaking hair. of movies, this was, this was the question I was going to ask. Glad you brought that up. I just popped this back in my head. we got a couple more things. We'll get out of here. Hank, um, but I want to ask. I'll ask you first, and then we'll let these other guys fill in too. Um, and you can take a moment too because it's kind of a a wide question. But best movie sequel, what would you say is the best Ooh. sequel?
3: Bad Boys Two, hands down.
1: Okay, I can definitely <laughs> respect that. Yeah, that's what that's you, one dude? of my
3: favorite movies of all time, man. Sorry about that, but uh, action comedy, I feel yeah. like it's got it all, man. I just Bad Boys Two. I man. still have
1: yet to watch the third one, but yeah, me either. Man, I definitely yeah. like. Yeah, sequel. Um it can, it can get pretty tough. Um I definitely think Home Alone 2 is better than the first. Um Secret of the Ooze is obviously better than Internals one, but my Damn it, that was mine,
0: thing. bro. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. Well I didn't pick it. i just I was just listening to I'm picking to that. That's, that's, like, that's by the far best my movie favorite. Sequel. One. Oh yeah, definitely. Think about it. The first movie was cool. Oh man, they could do live action in internals. And then they do number two, and it's better. And the costumes are updated, the stunts Venomous. are a little better. <sighs> don't don't get me started. That's a soundtrack to my life.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> times um, I, got I still say Ninja Vanish, all right? Were you so, just saying 'cause
1: you were just saying the best Batman when we can't oh wait, that's the Dark Knight. That's that's the sequel to uh, Batman Returns uh, it Batman Yeah, Be- begins.
2: begins. Begins, yeah, it thank Begins. You, thank you. That is a good, that is a very good sequel Uh, but when you did ask the question, the first one that came to my mind was Lord of the Rings. I think the Two Towers was way better than The Fellowship of the Ring. Um, More so because just the first movie was like three hours of build-up for the trilogy and then sequel to that. A lot of bull in that movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think Two Towers also has the best fight scene Um. With the orcs, so it's been a while since I watched that uh, trilogy. But a lot of Lord of the Rings fans, I'm sure, that are out there, Hobbit fans. I've never seen Hobbit, but um, that it would that would be my vote probably. The Two Towers, it's Lord of the Rings.
1: Fair enough, man. And I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Toy Story Two, man. Straight up. Respect. Straight up. Um, watch because four four was like kind of whatever. Three, um, was. Well, it was solid, but man, that's a tough three, watch. Is three dude. the one that, with that uh, the minor solid. guy? No, that's that's number two. That's when oh, Woody's I about think... to get sold to Japan and shit, and they, yeah, they, okay. they save him. Yep. All right. Three is when they got like they the they get sent over to, like a daycare or some shit.
0: Yeah. What? What is? Which one has the fork in it? The fourth one. That's the fourth
2: one. Yeah, Toy Story right. 2, that's the one with the satisfying scene where Woody's getting cleaned up, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, like, yeah. Yeah. I like that that's one. A, that's, I've, I've watched that many, many a time. Mostly on VHS.
2: Yeah, I burned up the VHS <laughs> tape out, on Toy Story 1. Burned it up.
1: Oh, Damn. my God. I've never done that.
2: It. I mean, what? It, was, it was a pain in the ass. Did they ever have a tool? If they did, I... I should have, or if they didn't, I should have invented it as a two-year-old, three-year-old, but something to like manually like rewind the VHS tapes as, as opposed to using your fucking fingers and thumbs.
1: Yeah, it's called hitting the rewind button on the V the
0: VCR.
2: Yeah. What
1: the fuck are you talking about? They,
2: they even sold standalone rewind. <laughs> <laughs> serious. Are oh oh yeah, oh yeah. There's that button. <laughs> Jesus, I forgot about that. Took yeah, me, it
1: took me six hours to rewind tapes <laughs> back
2: in the day. <laughs> <laughs> By your yeah. finger,
1: oh my God, Jeez. maybe all right. all right, I got I don't know you're talking too- here for you, Jay Hank,
3: before we get <laughs> out, and that
1: is what are these brownies doing this year? Talk to me,
3: man, I hope we just don't get let down. I feel like uh we're always due for that, um really as long as we make it to the playoffs I feel like anything's possible I don't want to set the bar too high you know 15 14 wins I just feel like that's setting yourself up to be let down you know it's a tough division um I really hope it's just a injury free drama free you know year I, I mean I expect big things but I just don't want to set myself up for the letdown you know <laughs> uh, you gotta get me I like the coaching
1: staff the, the team I think oh, the team's coming yeah. off a great year um the only thing that's going to worry me throughout the season is obviously you got some big contracts you got to extend uh, at the end of this one so i know that's going to be at the forefront of all the sports shows and social medias and stuff and um it'll be interesting to see where that goes but from what i've been watching because jarvis landry has this little vlog series he started they got two episodes so far and i'll tell you what man they're in there working um david njoku is maybe the most best in shape player in the NFL that dude is an absolute machine I hope that uh, he can, can kind of get mixed in more um and OBJ I mean coming off that surgery and stuff he looks like, like he never got hurt it's incredible what he's doing right now so uh, I really hope that they can mesh they can finally mesh well with that and um as of last year I mean uh, yeah coach Stefanski looks like he's got a well-oiled machine and uh, I want to see hopefully Baker can uh you know capitalize on that and come back after a real solid second half of the season.
3: Do you feel like Baker's a better quarterback without OBJ on the field?
1: <sighs> that, and, uh, that's, that's a tough one, dude, because it, it definitely appeared as, as much. I mean, the, the second we lost OBJ for the season, I mean, you seen that second half of the – was it the Bengals game? Yeah. It was lights out. Was it 20-something? 20-and-two. 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 You know? His rookie yeah, year. Yeah, that too. Uh, this is – just... Have to say, dude, because yeah, I mean, um, he's Just, I
3: uh, mean, he's yeah, generational talent, but it's like he just forces to him, and he, fe- yeah. I th- yep. he feels yep. obligated to, or something. Yep. That's the
2: thing, man. That's my aspect is that it's all mental. I think it's he's just trying to force the superstar, uh, the football. I'm not sure, and it's, it's really tough to say. I, I don't know like what's going and what's being said in the huddle either. Is he barking at Baker? Is he <laughs> is he telling him, "Give me the ball, I'm open, look at me"? Like, like if that's happening, then yeah, obviously. Um, that would have to be a situation where you cut your ties with OBJ and, you know, just push forward with, I would say, Donovan Peoples-Jones, which is probably an underdog, uh, dark horse kind of player to keep your eyes on uh, going forward, because I think we have him for three more years at least, and he's someone that looks faster and more in shape from what uh, Coach has been saying in conferences, so, well, that's going to be interesting to see from just the wide receiver room in in general, because it's loaded and it just seems like a couple years ago like we didn't have anyone to throw to at this point in time. So, um I'm excited to see that everyone's staying, coming back on offense, coaches are coming back, defense is completely revamped. I think you have like everyone but like two players are going to be new starters for you. And I want to see right now what your prediction is for the record now that we have 17 games instead of 16 and placement in division. Uh, that's I'd say twelve and five.
1: Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say and 11 and, uh, 11 and six, 12 and five. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. In the division, I I could really see him winning the division at that record. I mean, I feel like everybody's gonna beat each other up. So I could. I mean, top two in the division for I feel like is confident, but it'd be nice to see him win it.
1: They got a, they got an interesting schedule this year for sure. I mean, that I mean, if they come out week one and get that fucking dub against the Chiefs, I mean, holy shit
2: in arrowhead because they never
1: first of all they they just never win week one ever i don't remember the last time that's even ever happened It just <laughs> it's crazy um it's but that would be the one man i mean that they got to be i hope i hope that they have some kind of countdown or it's just brought up every time they're together like that sour ass taste that was left in their mouth from uh, that divisional game against those guys because um it was in the grass dude it just, it just slipped through but i can't wait man i'm excited and it's just this time of year where it's starting the the hype's starting to build up and um i don't want to get too ahead of myself but it's just i'm I'm ready for some some browns football man what about them um what them irish man they're gonna be doing they make noise there where they
3: uh i think it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough year they're gonna be starting over at quarterback they were very fortunate to have uh have ethan or ian book for almost six years you know but uh I just feel like that's that was one thing. They had some a veteran that had played you know so much, and I just feel like this year I don't even know who the quarterback's going to be. I just – I don't know, man. I feel like it's going to be a struggle. And they play such a national schedule that anybody can beat them probably at any given time because they're always going to be taking everybody's best shot. So I feel like it could be a tough year. Have they ever, eight, do you
1: think wins. they'll ever in your lifetime ever, ever join a conference?
3: I, I – I don't because it's financially driven, you know, the teams in the conferences, when they go to a bowl game, that gets split up amongst the conference. When Notre Dame goes to a bowl game, they pocket all that. So I just can't see how they could financially. I just feel like that's too, too good of a deal. You know, you make with that
1: NBC money.
3: I think it's, yeah, I think, I don't know. I just, but I guess when is enough money enough, you know, they're going to need uh, more. Yeah. When they, uh, you know, when you make a bowl game, you have to split that up 10 ways. Or if you can just pocket that, you know, I feel like they, they, it's too good of a deal
2: right now. Yeah. Especially right. in a day of age where you're going to need more money than ever to pay these players to come to your school now. Absolutely. Um, because, and that's going to be actually a hairy situation because there's no like legal, like litigation of like what and how you can get this money. So, and, I feel like young high school athletes are going to be in some sticky waters. They're they're going to have like you know, like a, a Joe's Taco Shop pay him five thousand uh, dollars to do I don't know like to go to the specific school or um, do an event or whatever the case is. And later down in the career or whatever, he's going to be like, hey, why aren't you coming by the taco shop anymore? Because I gave you five thousand dollars, and then now he's not, now he feels obligated and Now he has to do all these events and. You're, I feel like some of these players, if they don't do this smart, they're going to be stuck in these situations where they're going to be sleep-deprived, def- get in big situations, get in trouble with some maybe local businesses, some big sharks that get been giving them money to go to these schools and they can't, you know, fork up the, I guess, attendance or whatever, I guess, these people that are giving these kids money expect them to do later.
1: Yeah, that's good. we'll see. It'll be interesting. I know you're
2: ready for that NCAA college football game to drop though baby i know
1: you are
3: oh yeah i still, still play, play 14 to this day yeah yeah i try to get a little bit in each night just to kind of decompress you know just yeah. but not not nearly as much as we ever used to right, i still right. i still throw in the 360 and play ncaa 14 from time oh, to time yeah? awesome, when that, that, when that time of year, year you probably come
1: in and boatload on that if you yeah. sold that bitch last, oh, week, yeah. last year. Oh, yeah. I
3: seen the prices were crazy. Yeah. were selling that I was
1: looking, man. I was interested. And I seen the price. I'm like, oh, okay. I don't want to play it that bad. But that's what's up, man. Madden, Why this was next it rolling Madden game more? is actually looking pretty pretty good, too, for once. We were talking about that. But um, let's get you out of here, man. Uh, You know, we, we're kind of all over the place now. But uh, Hank, man, it's been a, a blast and a really fun to catch, do a little catching up. Um, Hopefully, we can kind of. Continue this off air at some point. You know, one of these weekends, you you ain't got a fully loaded uh you know schedule. Um, because I'm out here in Genoa now, so I'm not too far oh, from where you're at. Awesome, yeah. We'll uh, to these do days, that. I'm in your old stomping grounds. We'll, we'll have to meet up. Maybe even uh you know out there in Ocar or Port Clinton or whatever, man, and link up, have some brew, some food, get together with some of the guys, and uh you know do some bullshit, man. But um, thank you again for coming on. And uh, before we get off you know, if you want to shoot out the socials and definitely let the TSP listeners know who we got to, who we got to cheer on man in this truck series.
3: Yeah. Uh, Thor sport racing. It, uh, just look it up online, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. It's we have a really good PR department that keeps up with everything as we go. Uh, the driver that I work for is Matt Crafton. We also have Grant Enfinger, Ben Rhodes, Johnny Sauter in our building. So every single race is on Fox sports one, usually on a Friday night or something like that. So Feel free to check it out. The, the truck races are much shorter than the Sunday races, so you get a better bang for your buck. You're not sitting there for three, four hours. You're maybe sitting there <laughs> an hour. A lot of excitement, a lot of diverse background of young kids, veterans. It's always always puts on a good show.
1: And that's we got to we got to rerun on the number eighty eight, right?
3: Yes, sir. Number eighty
1: eight, right. Menards, Menards truck. Is.
2: You can't miss it.
1: Boom. All right, Dylan. You know what time it is.
2: Yes, sir. It's that time to close it out here on 115 of TSP. Thank you so much, Josh, for giving us some of your time. Um, and, you know, it's kind of cool learning a little bit more about NASCAR because you get you gain that respect for it. Um, it's, it's a lot more than what people say just going around in circles. There's a lot more, like, background. Getting the background, not just the race, but going over all the analytics, statistics, and just how low the car is sitting on the ground, all that crazy mathematical shit I didn't even think about that goes into a race um, is just remarkable. And oh, we got a dog. We got a dog appearance, baby, here on TSP. From myself, Joe, Bobby, Josh, have a wonderful week, friends. We'll see you back here next Monday. Have a great week. Thank mm-hmm. you.